Continuing through these songs of degrees, uh, that marching through and kind of working towards, um, you know, uh, in most cases, their journeys through. Jason, someone just came in the back door, and I couldn't see who it was. Would you mind go checking on it? Uh, they went back towards the kitchen, so I'm assuming that somebody knows what they're doing, but I, they walked by so fast that I couldn't tell who they were. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so Psalm 122, we see this continued progress. Oh, it's your, it's your family. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, it didn't look like Tyler, so I was trying to figure out. Um, but we're in Psalm 122, and we see this, uh, this continued progression, oftentimes being sung on the journey to Jerusalem. And uh, as they kind of made, made their, their treks annually at different times and, and sung in different ways. And we're looking at three things in this psalm, another short one. Let's read through it, and then we'll look, look at some thoughts on it. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. If you've been in church at all as a kid, grew up in church, you've heard this verse used by a pastor at some point in time, right? Uh, verse 2, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, under the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord, for there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Uh, let's pray and ask for the Lord's help. God, thank you again for letting us uh, be here Thank you for this passage, and I do pray that it will be a help to us. Uh, give us something fresh with it tonight, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, first of all, I want us to look at a surge of happiness. Uh, verse number one uh, talks about being glad. Glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Uh, is, is coming to the so-called house of the Lord a duty or a delight? Um, you know, you think about these people. Uh, many commentators think we're talking about the, uh, the tribes from the north, a tribe that had not been to Jerusalem uh, in many years, and it was kind of a return. It was the first time they were coming back uh, in, into this, this time of, of worship together and all these kinds of things. And so you can think if it's someone who was unable to get there for many many years and they were finally able to get back i don't know how everybody viewed it but if you remember the early i hate to bring it up the early covid days we didn't know what was going on two weeks right two weeks slow the curve and uh so we we kind of we said all right we're gonna stay home we're gonna get on facebook live do church on facebook live and and everybody's gonna do church in their pajamas and uh, and it was great in many ways and horrible in many other ways. And I remember after, I think we did it, I don't remember, six to eight weeks. I don't remember how long we did it online. And it was just kind of at the point where it's like, you know what? Enough of this. I'm tired of this. Let's, let's just go back. And, uh, and we tried to do it safely and all that kind of stuff because we still had no idea what was going on. 
Um, but then just being back together in, in one room, in one building, talking face-to-face. Um, it was only a short time. We only came for the morning service. We didn't have the lunch and all that kind of stuff. We went home after the morning service for a while and then finally got back to everything. But it was just so refreshing and exciting. It kind of rejuvenated churchgoers to say, you know, once we were without it, we didn't realize how much we liked it which is kind of sad, but, but we didn't realize how much we liked it until we didn't, couldn't go anymore. And then all of a sudden, it's, we got back together, and it was, it was enjoyable. People were happy to see people, talk to people, all these kinds of things. Uh, so you, we kind of have that similar idea or understanding of this idea, but a lot of times, right, for Christians, going to church, is a, is a, it's a duty. It's a responsibility. I feel like we have to go. As a kid, our parents make us go. We have no choice um, and, and so we go, we just know Sunday morning, we're going to church and then all of a sudden we're not kids anymore and we're adults and there are people, right? Who go because they're supposed to go. And then at some point they just kind of go, you know what? I can make my own decisions now. And they stop going and people who stop going typically, not always, but high percentage people who stop going to church. Typically it's a result of them never actually liking to go to church delighting in going to church, they just went because it was their job, their responsibility, their duty to go to church. Going to church should be something that is a delight, that brings joy, that brings happiness when we come. Uh, and again, I, you know, when we had, when we, before we started the, uh, supporting the Tolsons, we had Mark and, uh, come and present their ministry when they were in China um, to hear the stories of what they went through in China. It honestly opened my eyes. And it made me start to be a little bit more thankful for the opportunities that we do have. And, uh, and you know, and he, he, he showed a video of, of the police barging into their building, um, which they had a tip that the police were coming, so they weren't there, and they just got their security cameras. And you see police charging into an empty church building, well, it's a high-rise room, but coming in, and there's nobody there, and, okay, no big deal. But I thought, my goodness, we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. And we complain about different things, right? Being tired, being busy, being whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, as an adult, we have plenty of excuses, don't we? Uh, and uh, do we actually take delight in going into the house of the Lord? Now, I know this house of the Lord is different than the Old Testament house of the Lord. But I believe it's fair to say that the similarities of it are very, very similar, very common and this idea of actually enjoying to be able to say, I'm glad. I've talked with people in the past who, um, because of health issues, could not go to church for a long time. Whether it was usually elderly people and different things that go on. And it's like a, an Easter Sunday, maybe their family made, made a way to get them there. And man, just the joy on their face to be able to get back into, into the church building. You say, well, they can listen online or they can listen to the audio stuff or they can whatever. It's just not the same. And that joy of, of not going to a building, that's not what I mean by it, but going for a purpose, going to worship together, going to fellowship together, going to edify together each other um, should bring happiness to you. But we see also not just that joy and gladness, but determination. Verse number two, it says, our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Uh, this, this, this idea of this will not be the last time. Um, if you look at the tribes of the north who, were, who did not get to Jerusalem for several years, 
now coming back for the first time, you look at it from that perspective, they're saying, hey, we're going to be there, and this won't be the last time we're going to be there. We'll be back as well. We're going to get inside. We're, we're going to get all in. We're going to be there. Finally, we're going to get there, and there's a determination to make sure they were going to be there. And then in verse number three, it says, Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. And the idea here is, again, if you look at the tribes of the north, they were more villages. But Jerusalem was a walled city. It was an establishment. Have you ever been to New York City? Uh, it's a little different than Lexington, <laughs> downtown Lexington. It's a little different than, than uh, Nicholasville. It's a little different than Richmond. It's a little different than the outskirts, right? The city is, is different. And that's what, it's just talking about the size, the description really of what they're walking into, how different it was from where they were living and how they were living at the time, different than what they were used to. And it brought happiness. It brought a joy to them uh, to be able to make this trip. Then secondly tonight, we see a, a source of holiness. Source of holiness. Uh, look in verse number four. Whether, uh, whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto thy testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. The idea here is, is encouraging this. Encouraging coming together for the purpose of worship. When, when we come together for the purpose of worship, it's going to bring forth spiritual power. And by that I mean God's working. Um, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. Um, it's, it, it is, it's not specifically talking about church, but it's talking about the gathering together of Christians. Um, the forsaking, not the assembling together, uh, is, is much more geared towards church and, and, and coming together as Christians to worship. It's on purpose, right? Coming together to worship God. And that's the encouragement that's, that's, that's been given here. You need to come together. And when you do, there's going to be, God's going to work. God works in gatherings. It's always been that way. If you look through the, uh, the famous revivals, both in America and in Europe, whatever it may be, it started with a couple of Christians coming together, and praying together, uh, studying together. And then it grew and it grew and it grew. And some of the great stories of these prayer meetings that started with three people that turned into they could no longer fit in that room anymore, so they had to find somewhere else to meet and pray. And then they outgrew that place, and they outgrew that place. And the next thing you know, it's just people meeting all over the city praying. And it's incredible. And what happens is, is when Christians come together, God works. And you think about, it again, the, the tribes from the north, there was this long absence from them being there. And, uh, and, and this is something that I've had to grow in. I'm not sure that I'm completely there yet. So I'm still working on it and actually preparing for this reminded me that I still need to work on it. But when someone comes after a long absence, it's not time to scold them. It's time to encourage them. Right? It's not a where you been. About time you show up. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. It's a, hey, you're here. It's great to see you. I'm glad that you're here. It's great to see you again. And, uh, and that's what the idea here is in verse number five, or verse number four, excuse me, uh, of this giving thanks in the name of the Lord to the testimony of Israel, the tribes going up uh, together. Verse number five, it says, For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. This is a more of an enforcement of holiness, meaning uh, common authority. We're here not under the laws of the city, not under the laws of the king. And they didn't have a king. Well, I did. But uh, under the laws of political powers. But under the authority of God, we come together 
and therefore holiness is more enforced. Uh, being under God, being there worshiping God is going, like I said, bring forth spiritual power. Well, with being together with Christians and under a time of worship comes conviction. And it comes change in life where God works through you and, and you sense, you understand, and you follow God's authority. Division was unnecessary, uh, but unity was necessary. And again, we're talking about multiple tribes coming from different places, gathering together. There's going to be natural divisions, right? Um, and it's like that in every American church, too, because everybody comes from a different background, a different experiences, different life situations, currently going through different stages of life. So there's natural division, but division is, is unnecessary. Unity is necessary. So it's that coming in and that being under the common authority, therefore unifying us under those things. So we've got a surge of happiness, a source of holiness, and then lastly we have a sense of heaviness. There's a uh, request for prayer, verse number 6. Uh, it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, if you grew up in, and I'll use the word religion, you can understand the pray for peace. Pray for peace in our church. Right? And I'm thankful. I've been in, in overall very good churches. Uh, and I'm thankful for my parents shielding me from seeing the divisions in the churches that I grew up in. Uh, the older I got, the more I realized, well, that's kind of weird. <laughs> you know. Uh, and, but as a kid, my parents never talked about it. We never knew about it. We'd have those business meetings where all the kids had to leave and just the adults stay. And my parents would never tell us what it was about. We never had any idea on it. Um, but the older I got, the more I realized, man, there's just divisions everywhere. In the smallest of churches, in the largest of churches, it doesn't matter. There is that natural sense of, of division. And so this praying for peace of Jerusalem, for the peace of Jerusalem. And then the last part of the psalm shows us the reason for this prayer. Uh, the rest of verse number six says that uh, they shall prosper that lovely, love thee. Um, it's for blessing. There is, again, you remember, we're talking about a tribe that's not been to Jerusalem in a long time, and now that they're coming back in, and now that they're able to make it, now they're able to be there, uh, the prayer is for peace, and then it is that, that as well, they will prosper, those that love God. It's, it's seeking the blessings. We should pray for our church. We should pray uh, for peace in our church. We should pray for blessings for those in our church. Christians can be so vindictive. <laughs> so can non-Christians, don't get me wrong. But Christians can be so vindictive. If it's not going to go good for me, I don't want it to go good for anybody else. Uh, they hate when someone gets blessed. They hate when something, when something good happens to someone else and not to them. Um, I went to Bible college, and at Bible college, you know, at the beginning of each semester, we had revival meetings, and then in that there was testimony time, which I never understood why they do. I thought it was an absolute waste of time. But you always have the one kid who stands up. One uh, is, shares a testimony about how they got a girlfriend. Uh, one shares a testimony about how they got their school bill paid. You're guaranteed to have those two testimonies every, every semester. And um, uh, I still remember, I didn't come here because of him, but I'm so thankful that he's here too and we came together. Okay, whatever. Um, uh, <laughs> you know. And then they broke up, yeah, after they got engaged and, yeah, craziness. Um, 
But then, right, everybody stands, someone stands up and says, oh, praise the Lord, over Christmas break, I was working this job trying to figure out how in the world I was going to pay for my school bill, and out of nowhere, I got this check in the mail covering my school tuition. And at our school, the other 799 of us sat there and went, wish that happened to me. Of course, my parents were paying for mine, and I still, I still acted that way. I wish I wish I could get a check for that amount of money. I wish the man. I wish I could get some help around here. Dave Peach. I'll never forget when he was in college. I was a kid, um, but he worked at the ranch, and uh, and he talked about it. He said, "I pray that God would give me the money for my school bill," and uh, and his friend who worked with him at the ranch as well, someone sent him a check and paid for his school bill. And he said, "And you know what? God answered my prayer too. He let me sit out for a whole semester and go home and work, and got the money to go to go and pay for my school bill." And he said it as, as, as past that moment, looking back and seeing that at the time, it was frustrating, right? This guy gets a check. I got to go sit out a whole semester and work. Christians, though, can, can tend to be that way where we're not praying for peace and we're not seeking the prosperity of those that love God. We want prosperity in our own lives, not for anybody else. And then the other part of the prayer is, is for defense or protection, uh, verse number seven, peace within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sake, well, I will now say, peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. You see in verse eight, he's praying specifically for his companions' sake, for his brethren. And, and for them, I will say, peace be within thee. And again, this, this idea of a defense, of a protection uh, we use the uh, hedge, hedge of protection, uh, which I've heard some funny Christian comedians talk about that. But uh, uh, the hedge of protection that we pray for, that God just put around us and things. Uh, we should be praying for the defense of God's people. Now, for us, we pray for ourselves. There's nothing wrong with praying for ourselves. We're supposed to pray for ourselves. But also for the defense of everyone else, that our brothers and sisters in Christ, that our companions, that they will experience peace and protection and provision along the way. There is a, uh, a spirit about this psalm of, uh, of excitement, of a return, of the um, first time in a long time kind of feeling around this psalm. We tend to get stuck in the trench of doing the same thing right over and over and over again. That's why next week we're going to have snacks uh, on Wednesday night. Um, but uh, we get stuck in that trench of doing things. And sometimes being in that, in that trench, in that ditch, that we just we forget that there's more to it than me. It's just not, it's not about me. Uh, between me and God, it can be about me. I can, again, we're supposed to pray for ourselves, for the needs that we have, for the daily provision, for the spiritual provision, for uh, the physical provision, all these things. We're supposed to pray for those things, but we're not supposed to ignore the others as well. We were not Jerusalem. But if I can use that picture, we're Jerusalem. We, we, we are coming to it. We're coming together for the purpose of worship. And uh, we should be seeking God's help, God's blessing, God's working. And not just my life, but in our lives together. Uh, and we should be excited about it. We should be happy. I understand that there are going to be days where we wake up and we go, I just don't want to go to church. Because there I'm the pastor. And there are days that I wake up on Sundays and go, if I wasn't the pastor today, I don't think I'd be there. And I know you're saying, seriously, it's, it's true. I promise. I told my wife, I'm not going today. She says, yes, you are. Um, 
you know, one of the kids is sick, I'll stay home with them. No, you won't. Uh, <laughs> you know, so there's still those days for me, and I get that. But if we really think about the opportunity we have to come together and worship God, um, it, it is a, it's something that should make us glad. That where we say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Um, I hope we never have to experience the day where we can't or where it's illegal or anything like that. I, I would be surprised if in America, in my lifetime, we experienced that, but it's not, it's not obviously not impossible. And, uh, and so I should, should be glad when we get the opportunity. And, uh, and I, hope, I hope that we are. Lord, thank you for, for this group of people. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for the, the backgrounds, the history, the pasts that we have, uh, and how you've brought a, uh, a really diverse and backgrounds group of people together uh, into this place, and Lord, how you've provided for us as a unit. Lord, I pray that we would never take lightly, not the responsibility, but the opportunity to go to church, uh, Lord, that we would be glad, and Lord, that we would come and, and make use of our time, that we'd pray for one another, that we would seek holiness, uh, Lord, that we would uh, uh, have burdens for each other, uh, Lord, that we would love each other enough to, to pray for one another, to help one another. So God, I pray that, uh, that we would not have a, uh, 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 years where we, are not, where we can't go as this tribe had but, Lord, that we can still be glad to come into the house of the Lord together. So, Lord, help us to be what you want us to be individually and as a church. Uh, Lord, that we can bring honor and glory to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, next Wednesday, we'll have uh, just finger foods, cookies, whatever you want to bring. Um, and we'll meet in the fellowship hall back there. And uh, we'll probably go through a Christmas-type uh, challenge. Uh, as well. And then remember, s this Saturday's men's prayer breakfast, 10.30 in the morning. Men and boys invited to come to that. Uh, did I say 8.30 in the morning? Sorry, 8.30 in the morning. Uh, and then Christmas morning, one service, 10.30. New Year's Day, one service, 1 o'clock in the afternoon uh, for those things. Any questions, thoughts, let me know um, as well on that. Be safe. Thank you for coming. Lord bless you. Let's be dismissed.